boy, you nasty. Hey, chatters, I'm Mia. And I'm Shalon. And this is Group Chats. Yow. Hey. <laughs> hey, y'all. We are so happy to be back. We have such a special guest for you guys. I know that um, I teased a little bit about this on my Facebook, and you guys were so excited yes. to hear from you guys. Everyone was like, oh, my goodness, this is my favorite author. Like, how did you guys get her? Look, I don't know how we got her either. I just emailed her and she was <laughs> so in a prayer. Gorgeous <laughs> to say yes. I couldn't believe it, but um, yes, we have Zane in the building today. How are you? I'm doing wonderful in yourself. I'm doing great. Are you at home right now, chilling? I am at home. <laughs> I'm out right now in LA. It's my birthday weekend. So um, I'm just chilling, having a good time. Mia, are you at home? Yes, I'm at home. Where are you <laughs> from? Um, we're from Illinois. We both live in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, okay. Got you. Yep. Where do you live at? Atlanta. Oh, oh. that's where Mia wants to move eventually. Oh, right. yeah. oh okay. Yes. <laughs> I know, right? I love Atlanta. How long have you been in Atlanta? Have you always lived there? I've been here five years. Oh, five okay. years? Okay. Where were you before then? DC. I, I thought you were East Coast. I just, I feel like I remember just reading and a lot of like um, your novels seem to be based on the East yeah. Coast. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember um, the first book I ever got of yours. Um, mm -hmm. One of my ex-boyfriends like wanted to surprise me with something and he bought me one of your books. And um, I think it was Skyscraper. And I, ever since then, I've like been hooked. I love your writing. Um, it's so easy to read. Like you just, you write real quick reads. Um, but like the character development is amazing. And I just remember reading that book, like, wait a second, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need another one and another one. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. I enjoy writing. Do you, so what um, kind of got you started where you decided, hey, I want to write books? Have you always been a writer? Well, okay, that's two questions. So let me take the second one first. I think I've always been a writer. And the only reason I say that is because by the time I was in sixth grade, all of my teachers predicted that I was going to grow up and become a famous writer. <laughs> really? Yeah, and it was because I had a very vivid imagination as a child whenever I had creative writing projects and all of that kind of stuff um I would I just had a very vivid imagination and I grew up in a house full of books literally and I say that both my parents were educators and so at any given time we had a second basement a lower basement called we called it the study and my dad had this huge desk it was a double-sided desk and mm -hmm. he would on one side and I would sit on the other side and at any given time my dad had anywhere between eight to ten thousand books in his study wow so, what? um in third grade my mother had me take speed reading and so by sixth grade I was reading a book a day wow so I always have loved books and it's funny because my father found a scrapbook of mine about 10 years ago from high school where I said and I don't even remember writing it I had put in it I wanted to be a writer and what? so I still didn't do it 
and I placed out a required English classes in college. I didn't have to take any English classes because I placed out of the required classes. So for that question, I've always been a writer. What made me decide to write actual books was me being bored. And it really, (laughs) and and I still didn't plan on being a published writer. I was writing and I gave away my work free for three years on the internet and became really, really popular. And a rumor got started that I had a book out. And I was like, wow, because people were really looking for my books. And I said, well, what would happen if I really put one out? So that's how the whole thing got started. Wow. So what was the first book? That First of all, that is amazing, an amazing story of, I feel like, manifestation. Like, even when you were younger, it's kind of like you manifested this life for yourself. And it's almost like everyone around you could kind of feel that that was your destiny as well. So, yeah, But it's funny, but I never really, that's not what I wanted, though, not per se. Like, not, as, not when they saw it. It's just like I have my youngest son is 17 now. And everybody keeps telling from the time he was about five, people said he's going to be like a, a famous actor. And it's so funny because he's fighting it right now. Like he does, he produces music and stuff. But uh-huh. he star as a child of a couple in a movie in January that hasn't come out yet. But it was so funny because at first he didn't want to do it. But I knew that when it came time to actually do it, he was going to take it seriously. So when it came time to day for the table read, that's when he started taking it seriously. Like, okay. I better take this seriously. And he did a great job. And so everyone, his friends is like a really up and coming young actor. He's been on a lot of stuff, The Shy and Chicago PD and all this other stuff. His mother, who's his agent, keeps trying to get my son to do it, but he doesn't want to. He's like, I'd rather, I don't want to do it. But I have a feeling, all of that is to say, I have a feeling that my youngest son is going to end up being a famous actor. What did you think you were going to do, though? Like, what what were you wanting to do before you started writing? If I didn't do this, well, well, let me say this. Two things. I used to be interested. Well, first of all, I started out wanting to be a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. As a child, that's what I wanted to do. I brought it. I I wanted to save all the animals. I even brought a dead bird home one time. This is funny. (laughs) Bird. Bird when I was in elementary school. And I put it in this little black box. I don't even know where I got it from. It was like a black plastic box. Mm-hmm. And I sat it outside by our fence and I was determined I was gonna bring that bird back to life. So I guess, you know, my mother was, and looking back at it, my mother was trying to coddle me like, okay, you know. So one day I woke up and the box was gone. And my dad lied to me and said the bird came back to life and flew away. Well, of course, as I got older, I realized, you know, like the whole box was gone. I'm sure I, I can imagine that conversation between my parents. Like, you cannot let her. Right. <laughs> not there, you know, playing with a dead bird. <laughs> so um, that all went uh, on until I realized that I wouldn't be able to dissect animals. Like when we started dissecting frogs and stuff, I was so upset. Right. I knew I couldn't become a veterinarian. (laughs) So then I ended up majoring. I actually majored in chemical engineering. Oh, wow. And um, with a, yeah, chemical engineering with a minor in computer science. And um, I ended up getting offered a job in Bell, West Virginia by a very famous paint company. And they flew me there and I looked around and I was like, and that's why I told myself, I do not, this is not going to be my life. I'm not going to be in this small town in West Virginia, mm-hmm. you know, doing this. So with that being said, I ended up going into sales and marketing. What? Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing when I became Zane, sales and marketing. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. You have already it seems to be like before that you've already lived a pretty full life. Up yeah, that's interesting. You remember um, the first piece you wrote because I know that you said that you were writing stuff and you were just putting it out there on the internet. Do I remember. You, what was your first project? First Night was the first short story I wrote. It was what called was First Night. Night. It's the first story in the Sex Chronicle Shattering the Myth. That's the first short story I wrote that I actually put out there for people to see. What? And so you ended up later putting it in one of your Sex Chronicle books, even though that was like the first. What? That is amazing. Well, what happened? I started writing these short stories on the internet. So the first three were First Night, The Seduction, and The Airport. Those are the first three short stories I ever wrote. And it just became this crazy. Everybody wanted to be on my mailing list. And it just became this really big thing. So what happened when I did the Sex Chronicles, those were a lot of the short stories that I had put on online. But there were also some of there that I had never put out there. So I just put the collection out. I love the Sex Chronicles. Um, because they, you know, you get these little short stories, you get invested, and you almost want you to go further. You know what I'm saying? Some of those Sex Chronicles, you almost want to become a full book. Well, um, you know, it's funny you should say that. What? How Addicted came about. That, really? was originally a short story that I was writing. And I said, hmm, you know, I kind of like this character. So I ended up writing the Addicted book in early 2000, I'm sorry, early 1998, but it didn't come out till 2000. I would, and again, I was planning on giving Addicted away on the internet, like putting a chapter up a month. That was my original, I never wanted to be a publisher. I never had intended on being a published author, especially not under Zane. That was never my intention. That's how I know I'm walking in my truth because (laughs) the way all of this happened was really crazy. You, because Addicted, I don't know how you feel, but Addicted took you from probably people in your um, genre knowing about you and knowing who you are to being like worldwide. Like I almost feel like Addicted took you to the next level because I mean, it even became a movie. So Addicted is published in a lot of different languages. Well, several of my books are, but Addicted in particular is published in like Danish. Um, when I first got a copy of Addicted in the mail from Danish, I was like, whose book is this? Cause I got one and my agent got it the same day. And it was very funny cause it was a white woman on the cover. <gasps> what? And, and I forgot what it's called. I have it around here somewhere, but it was a white woman on the cover. And I looked on the back and the only reason I knew, and I, and I was thinking that, oh, they sent me this cause somebody else is writing underneath the name Zane. Cause I saw my name on the cover. But then when I read the back, the only thing that I understood was where it says Zoe Renard. And so that's, I said, oh, okay. You know, this is addicted, you know? And then it's published in um, Japanese. So it's published in a lot of different- well, they can do that, like change the illustration on the cover and all that stuff. Like, I did not know that. I didn't even know that. I didn't, I have so many books in so many different languages that I really don't know at this point. Like you asked me like which books are in different languages. Right. I would name some of them. I literally was at Simon and Schuster one time and I saw this book on um, my publicist show mm-hmm. and I saw my name on it and I was like, what is that? And I looked and I realized it was my book, Dear G Spot. And I still didn't know what language was in it. It, it turned out it was in, well, I don't know whatever they spell in Czech, Czech with CZ, you know, C, whatever, Czech. I didn't even know that book was out in that language. I just happened to see it when I was up 
at, you know, the sign. And to be honest with you, I'm sure all this stuff is like on my royalty reports and stuff, but mm -hmm. I have literally not read a royalty report in probably 15 years. Are you still like blown away like when you see things like that? Or are you still like, oh my God, like I can't believe that. I like, was surprised when are I you, Are you just like nonchalant about it now? Like, oh, okay, here's a book in Japanese, whatever. Yeah, now some the ones now I did know about the ones in Japanese, and the reason I knew about the ones in Japanese is because the translator they had to connect me with the translators to ask me questions. And I think like, the Heat Seekers is in Japanese. Well, I like Heat Seekers too. It was a really um, cool. They had to ask me questions because I use so much slang. Like the translator in Japanese asked me questions like, "What is a hoochie mama?" <laughs> <laughs> How did what? you explain that? Right. What is the hoochie what, mama? No, what is a midget? Like, you know, the stuff that they oh. didn't understand. <laughs> that the, the translator had to ask me so they could figure out how to translate it into Japanese. Into the, wow. About those, but that's the reason why I knew about those. That is funny. Mm -hmm. What is the hoochie mama? So with, um, with Addicted, how did the movie come about? Did you know that you wanted to make it into a movie or did it just blow up to the point where you started getting offers to turn that into a movie? So what happened with Addicted is, I, it's so funny because people are always like, oh, can you teach me how to pitch stuff? I've never pitched anything for my life. Even now I have networks coming to me asking me to do stuff. So what Addicted, what literally happened, um, there was a People magazine and I forget which movie it was or Tyler's that came out. But Tyler Perry was in a couple, uh, issue of People the weekend, the week before one of his movies was coming out. And I was also in that issue of People. So his movie did really, really well, made like 40 something million dollars or something. And I think what happened, it was almost like, okay, who else is like black and hot right now? <laughs> right. I happened to be, they had done a feature on my husband and I in the same issue. And my name was on the cover and stuff. So his movie came out on a Friday. On a Monday, that Monday, I got an email from a woman who said she represented an executive at Lionsgate. Wow. And so were the rights to Addicted available? And I said, no. And she wrote me back and she was like, well, um, has there already been option? I said, no. I said, but I don't want an option. I said, I only want a production deal. Because, I mean, I've been around long, I had been around even long enough at that time to know that people can option your stuff and never, ever, ever do anything with it. Right. I was, I, I was like, I'd rather hold on to my rights and have them sitting somewhere. Yeah. Nothing happening with it. But with that being said, so a few other studios also wanted to do it. Um, and then eventually I just said, okay, it, they promised me that they would start production within a year, that it would definitely be an actual movie. And I agreed and they did do it. They did start production within a year. Wow. So I kind of navigated, instead of me doing something where you could have my rights for several years, it was like, okay, I will you sign. Stipulations on it. Yeah, but I, you have a year, and you don't do anything with it in a year, then I want it back. And that's the reason okay. time, if you're serious, you know, you can get it going. And they did. They started shooting within a year. So, so when um, your book gets optioned into a movie, do you have a hand in the script writing? So, or do you just, they take your book and then they kind of create the script around it? All negotiable. Now, in my case, I'll be honest, they asked me if I wanted to write the script. Mm -hmm. 
that time, I wasn't that comfortable, as comfortable as I am now. Like now, I write and direct movies and stuff and do oh, the whole really? And I wrote all my television show scripts. But at that time, I decided that I didn't want to do it. And so they let me interview scriptwriters along with them. You know, we did it via phone conference calls. I interviewed scriptwriters and directors, and I had a big hand. So I did have a big hand. I was an EP on my film, and it wasn't just a name only. I actually, you know, did hear the pitches from directors, how they saw the vision. I did interview scriptwriters and all that stuff. So in my case, but most, I don't know, I'm not going to say most of the time, because I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of times they generally will option it and you have nothing to do with it. That wasn't the case with me. Wow. And the only reason I wasn't on set now, I was not on set when they filmed Addicted. And the only reason why is the filming was pushed back a couple of months. And when it filmed, it filmed in 19 days here in Atlanta. I was on a 28, I was on a 35 day, 28 city book tour. Mm. I had already been playing. So I wasn't even around. I was in the Cayman Islands and everywhere else, but I wasn't, you know, <laughs> here. So otherwise I would have been on set, but because of that, I wasn't. So that was just one of those, but for my TV shows, I was there every day because I was the showrunner EP. I did want to ask you, um, so you writing erotica, I personally feel that there wasn't really a space for Black people to talk like that um, before, you know, you came about. And then, you know, you have your Eric Jerome Dickies, who also writes similar like that. Mm -hmm. um, but before you guys, I felt like that Black voice was missing from that genre of book writing. So... What inspired you to be like, I'm just going to go for it? And do you feel like you write erotica or do you feel like you just write stories that just happen to have erotic moments? Well, funny story, and I'm sure Dickie would remind me. So first of all, Dickie and I had the same agent. So he actually... Yeah, really? But Dickie used to read my short stories and he used to laugh about it and all stuff. And actually, and I'll say this, he wasn't a sexual before I started publishing. What? So he started his beginning books. His books were not as sexual as they became. Because the Milk in My Coffees was a little bit different from mm -hmm. like Jean Vier and all of that stuff that he wrote later. Right. I see that. Exactly. And I can say that we had the same agent. So, you know, and like I said, he's the one that helped me get an agent. And if you look at the Sex Chronicle Shattering the Myth, he, had, he actually is the only author that put a blurb on there. Like his blurb is on the back of the Sex Chronicle. What? Oh, yeah. So with that being said, I never really considered it. Now, the Sex Chronicles and a few of some other books, yes, those are erotica. My novels, I feel like I'm telling the story and I'm not toning down the sex. That's the way I feel. Right. I feel like sex is a natural part of life. And I feel like too many writers tone that down. It's almost like they turn off this faucet when they get to a sex scene. Like, oh, no, I better not go there. But if you read my books, you know that everything I write is vivid, not just the set. Everything is a so the funny part is I before I started writing erotica, I had never read erotica. I had heard the term. And maybe that's why I've lasted so long and mine is different because I never set out to write erotica. Right. And I thought it was funny, like when I wrote first night, like I didn't even think that was an erotic story. 
it was about a couple that went, you know, they drove up to this place in the rain on the motorcycle and they had sex and stuff. I'm thinking, but then people are like, oh, that's the hottest thing I've ever read. That's hotter than Playboy. And I'm like, really? You know, to me, it was this normal. This this normal. <laughs> yeah, it was I honestly, Zane, feel like that that's just a result of good writing. It's because I think a good writer, and I'm not talking per se, but, but I do believe I'm a good writer, but I believe a good writer is someone that can write something that is so believable that people are really get caught up. Or even if it's something crazy, like I've written a lot of crazy stuff too, and people believe it. You know, and like that's why, like for me, like Stephen King could write write stuff that scared me, even though I knew it wasn't reasonable, you know, realistic. Right. It was still scary. That's to me. That's a good writer when you can write stuff. And I remember when Addicted first came out, I was on some message board, and these people were arguing about Zoe and Jason Renard, like they were real people. Because <laughs> it's kind of like, like you get oh, and that's in it. <laughs> I was like, they are really having an argument over these people I made up. <laughs> and, you know, Zoe, you know, had enough, and she had everybody, you know, and Jason is the. And that's when I was like, wow. (laughs) That's when you know that you're a good writer because you are really, um, the character development is so great that people are just invested in these characters' lives and they're rooting for them and they have their favorites. Um, I think that's kind of cool. And that's kind of what I do. It looks like I'm writing a book right now. I develop the characters in my head. Mm Mm-hmm. And they play out a story in my mind. I may know the general idea of what a book is going to be about before I start it, but the characters, I, I start living and breathing them, and then they just kind of play out the story in my head. And I don't really know a lot of the stuff that, that's getting ready to happen. I just write it, and what comes out, I, I just use my imagination. That is so amazing. It starts to develop, and these people start to come to life. And I keep like a separate character file for each character. Everything I write down about them, it's a writing tip for people. I put it in a separate file. Because a lot of times people change, like the height would be different, the way they look would be different, the car would be different. Like every single thing I put down about a character, I put into a file. Their habits, their flaws, all of my characters are flawed. And I think that's another thing that's important. Don't write about perfect people because nobody's perfect. Right. And people are creating a person, literally. Yeah, and, and I believe, and I now believe everybody has flaws. So my characters have flaws. Right. And it's as simple as that. You know, they have flaws. They're real people dealing with real stuff, real issues. And I think that's important. And my favorite books and my favorite TV shows and movies all have characters that are extremely flawed. I noticed that's something about me. Like, I love Shameless. I love Ray Donovan. You know, there's certain... And the reason I like those series, and there's a lot of series that I like, I love Snowfall and a bunch of series, but the reason, the one thing that they have in common is that the characters are very flawed. Like, right. I don't know big sitcom. Sitcoms to me can be okay, but, you know, it's always like this happy, go lucky, you know, kumbaya stuff at the end. I like stuff where people are, they have real issues. Yeah. They're relatable. So, what is what is your favorite book? It's always the one I'm currently writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to read that one. <laughs> why it is because I also believe a true writer always tries to outdo themselves. Mm-hmm. I will not turn in a book 
unless I feel like I've written a better book than any book I've ever written. That's my personal challenge for myself. So if I don't feel the book is better than all my other books, then I'm not turning it in. Right. That's Can you it. give us a teaser? Like when will <laughs> is it releasing anytime soon? Like what can we expect well, from it? The publisher, I'm planning on turning it in shortly. So it'll probably be out in the next six months. But I actually have two books to win. So twenty one, there'll be two, you know, Zane books coming out. Mm-hmm. But y'all hear that, listeners? You guys love Zane, and she's going to give you two new books for 2021. Right. <laughs> and if I'm in Atlanta by then, I'll be like, Zane, knock knock. It goes under Christina Roberts, my real name. And the oh, reason really? it's under my real name is because they're not, they're definitely not erotic. And I know that a lot of people, that's what they would expect. expect. So oh. Very good, though. Now, I do have, and again, like if whoever ends up distributing them, if they want like the the sex sex scenes, I shot those, but they don't have to go in it like that. You see what I'm saying? They it can be toned down more. Gotcha. You get the option. Everything from the toned down, you know, sex scenes to the mm, you know. Right. The <laughs> turned up That's sex scene. So speaking of where it goes, you know, we'll see how that goes with the sex scene. Right. Yeah. Speaking of the sex and um, entertainment, have you seen all the controversies surrounding um, like the Cardi B? I don't know if you are even pay attention to music and what's oh, going on. I was listening to WAP in the car yesterday. Oh, yep. serious. Macaroni <laughs> in the pot. <laughs> I was the WAP in the car. <laughs> So how do you feel about women taking ownership of their sexuality? Because a lot of the men are like, all women talk about now is sex and get in there. You know what? And you know, it's fine. Well, you already know how I feel about it, but I'll just right. read it. I think that is, that's what women need to do, quite frankly. Right. I, I get emails still to this day from women in their 40s and 50s who have never had an orgasm. I got one in my box right now. She's 40 wow. and never had an orgasm. Right. And, and honestly, <laughs> whose fault is that? Hers. You need to go get you a vibrator, girl. I'm telling you now. <laughs> so women need to feel comfortable. I mean, I've never understood why men are supposed to feel comfortable with their sexuality, but we're not. I mean, that makes no sense. When we ultimately are, first of all, and that's why my first book was called The Sex Chronicles Shattering the Myth. Because that was one of the myths that I shattered, that men are more sexual by nature than women. That's a lie. And we're the ones that are expected to do a lot of stuff, you know, sexual. We carry kids. We do all stuff. We have to be in tune tune with our bodies to be able to carry a baby and push it out. But yet we're not supposed to know how to handle a man. I mean, that's just silly. Right. You know, not supposed to, you know, be able to demand what we want. That's silly. We We know how to handle what's coming out, but not what's coming in. I think that the logic kind of relies in men's insecurities. Like, I feel like men do not want women to um, express themselves sexually because just like competition with other men, like you don't want women talking about, hey, I want a man who can give me this orgasm because Maybe they feel like they can't give an orgasm. So they want you to be a hoe because you want a guy to give you an orgasm. A lot of men right. are intimidated. And in my life, I've had men who were intimidated by me. 
You know, I, um, I could see that, especially knowing what you write. They probably like, hold up, I gotta impress Zane because she I don't know. Every time I was on his show, you know, like men have to be intimidated. But honestly, if you're in tune with your sexuality and a man knows you know how to please yourself, like I'm so mental with the game, I can have an orgasm walking down the produce section in the grocery store. Really? Girl, yeah. teach me that. Look. I'm, you know, so I've had men like, you know, feel like, well, what do I need them for? It's almost like, right. if you, but if you, you know, you have an orgasms all the time and you can't get, what do you need for? So a lot of it is an intimidation thing. And then not feeling they can please you. But that's why it's important for you to tell them what you want. And that's one thing about me. I will tell a man what I want. Right. You know, and that's how do you tell him? Like, what do you say? Thought about. Hmm? How do you tell him? Like, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, like that's a whole nother uh that's a whole nother interview. Depends on the man, but I mean I do a lot of um I guess it would be considered erotic. So I'll give you an example. One time I was meeting a guy out at a restaurant and when I showed up I had this big smile on my face and he asked me like what's going on with you? Because I was sitting there kind of like giggling and stuff and I told him, I said I have a vibrator inside of me. What? You showed up to the date like that, Zane? <laughs> With it on, a little smile, it was, it was purple, a little smile like Billy, but it was inside of me, and I was having orgasms, mm-hmm. and, he like, and he's like, you lying, you lying, so I just put his hand down between my legs, felt <laughs> it inside of me, I was like, no, I'm not lying. Girl, turn up! You know what, Zane? <laughs> Look, well, hold on, I'm gonna have to try that. Ladies, I took it out, and I came back, and I gave it, he still has it to this day. He still has a wow. Zane dropping the gems, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Zane said, "Why y'all scared to even, you know, ask a man to pay for a date?" She's showing this man, like, "Look, this is what you're in for." (laughs) Zane, my anniversary tomorrow. I need some tips. (laughs) (laughs) He just gave you a tip, girl. Yeah, I mean, I've done some things. You know, I've shown up. I was dating this guy who owned a restaurant. I showed up his restaurant after hours with nothing but a trench coat on. Ooh, you're doing all the storybook stuff that I've always wanted to do but never executed. Look, right. I live in my best life. Try to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Roll they ain't about to have us. Let me go on Amazon and order me a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go order me like that remote control vibrator. Thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I had that in the book too. I had that in um, one of the See? No. Um, we ain't doing nothing. Yeah, at the APF. Second APF book. I got some of books I get Oh, yes. Like, I love those books. Look, I think I've read all your books. I won't lie. <laughs> I think I've read every last one of them because, like, I love reading. I love, I feel like um, writers are just the most intelligent people because for mm-hmm. you to be able to develop a whole storyline just from your imagination alone um, and keep it consistent and different you know, characters, different personalities, like brilliant. so dope. Thank so you. Dope. So we have a viewer's question. So on our show, like we have a viewer, um, our viewers write in, they ask us questions and we try our best to give them um, advice, non-toxic advice, <laughs> the best that we can. So Shalon, do you want to read the viewer's question or do you want me to read it? Girl, you go ahead and read it. You want me to read it? Okay. So this writer says, I want to start an OnlyFans account. I have a huge following. People are, are always referring to my pics as body goals and et cetera. 
My best friend just started hers and makes $10,000 a week. I'm really trying to sell it to my husband and he is not going. I mean, it's not like any of these men will have access to me. And I even offered for him to join in on the fund. He basically told me he would leave me if I started my OnlyFans account. I told him he's being very insecure and that he's preventing me from getting, from getting more money. I'm honestly contemplating on doing it and just not telling him. Am I wrong? And she's dating him or are they married? She's married. Oh, yeah, she's wrong. She's <laughs> wrong. Yeah. When you marry somebody, that's a totally different story. When you right. marry somebody, you're making an agreement um, to be a couple and to some decisions you can make married without your spouse, but that's not one of them. And I mean, right. that's something where their marital bed is supposed to be sacred and she shouldn't be doing that, even if it's for the money, unless he agrees to it. No, she's wrong. Right. Probably he's going to find out. So how do you feel about if he did like, do you think as a married woman, she shouldn't, that shouldn't even be something that like crosses her mind to do like, you're married or do you think as long as her husband yeah, agrees with it okay some people some husbands be sitting and shooting the camera okay. <laughs> but it would be a mutual decision is what i'm saying right when you're dating somebody but when you're married then you've made an agreement right to, and even if money is tight you've married them for better or for worse exactly so Love that's it. supposed to be you know uh in it together so no she should not do that about him agreeing to it right Sean what do you think um I agree a hundred percent because um when you're married to someone um everything you do is a reflection on them and if you agree that you know hey we're married we're going through life together then that is a decision that you would have to make jointly and And I'm sorry but imagine she does that and his brother his cousin or his right see that you know like you said she's rep- a representative of him they're representative of each other it's, and, I and mean, he doesn't I, know and they see all away, this stuff boyfriend and girlfriend he could just walk away and just say i don't want to deal with you anymore but right. when you're married it's not that simple yeah and it's it's unfair to him you're putting him in an awkward position um yeah. and uh, most people are only fans not to be mean or anything, they're not making that much money anyway. You could go just get a second job or you could go do something else um, to supplement that income if it is a money thing. Um, And if it isn't a money thing, if it's something where you just maybe want to express your sexuality in a different way, you can record those videos and send them to your husband, girl. What? He might buy you something nice or give you time to get some ones or just throw them at you. What do you feel, Mia? How do you how would you respond to that? I feel like being married, like you should already know like what your your husband's expectations out of you. So I don't even think it should have been like, you know how something crosses your mind, but you're like, oh, never mind. I know I can't. I wouldn't have even presented it to him at all because I already would know, being that that's my husband, right. what he was gonna right. say. Um, what he was gonna say, how he thought about. It. You're right. So just by her even thinking about bringing to that to him, like that's the disconnect. Like you might want to think about, do you really want to be married for you to even feel comfortable enough to bring that to your husband? Right. Mm-hmm. Facts. <laughs> Zane, are you, are you married? No, I'm divorced. Happily divorced. Talked to him yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Happily What'd you say? 
What she's? What you say from yesterday? What you say? I just spoke to him yesterday. I'm oh, did you? Yeah. So, are you guys still like pretty good friends and stay in touch? I mean, we're decent. But <laughs> I mean, but I've known him since I was ten, so it's kind right. of situation. Right. So that relationship just kind of transit. Did he? Did that cause any you writing certain type of novels and people? Even though I agree with you, I don't feel like your novels are erotica. I feel like that is just part of the story. But do you feel like you um, got labeled as writing like about sex? Do you feel like that had any type of strain on your relationship? Not at all. Because no. he was already. I don't know. That's good though, because some men may not even be able to handle their women writing about that type of stuff. Right, you know. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. You have to get a secure guy for stuff like that. That's awesome. Well, like I said, he's known me since I was 10, so it wasn't like I was writing erotica. <laughs> right when you were 10. Yeah. That's dope. So are you, like, you're in Atlanta, the Black Mecca. Are you, like, just focused on writing right now? Are you back on the dating scene? Like, what? You showing up to... uh the restaurants in your trench coat or what, what are you doing now? Well, no, I'm not even going to restaurants. I've been to a couple of restaurants since COVID, maybe mm-hmm. three or four, but I'm not even, I'm not even. But right. it's a combination. I mean, I'm open, and but I'm really focused. I'm always been focused though. Always, so I'm right. Focused and, you know, I go out here and there, but mostly it's like indoors now or that kind of thing. You know, I'm not really going out like that. Really just chilling at home for the most part. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Zane, for sitting down with us. I feel like we got to know you a little bit better. I'm so impossibly excited to read the two novels that you come out with next year. I know that they're going to be good. I could just feel you're in such a good space. I could feel all like the energy coming from you. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what you're writing about thank you thank you i appreciate that yeah please keep us posted i'm gonna be emailing you like that 40 year old lady like <laughs> what type of vibrator do i need to use again? <laughs> I'm <just a> bitch. <laughs> send me the link okay zane <laughs> <laughs> put me on <laughs> uh, do you um, have a website or anything that our listeners can go to to just kind of keep track of what you're doing and what you have coming up I'm most active on Facebook where they can just look up Zane. I'm the, you know, it'll be the first one that pops up. Um, I'm going to follow you now. It's Planet Zane. And those are the best ways to keep up with me. Okay. On your like page. Well, um, thank you so much, like I said, for sitting down with us. Mia, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find us? Sure. So on Facebook... You can look us up under just group chat or GC podcast on Instagram. Look, I got to look it up. She's not always listening on the spot, y'all. I think she does. She mind. should know this by now. Listen, she know I wasn't ready. Hey, you should be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Our Instagram is group chat, the podcast. Hit us up. Um, access any questions. Um, if you want to hit up our personal uh, Instagrams, mine is Mia Moore Davis, M-E-A-M-O-R-D-A-V-I-S. Shalons is S H one O N. Um, what else? Snapchat. Hit us up. You want some? You want more Snapchat followers? What's good, Snapchat? <laughs> <laughs> also, you can hit us up. Oh, send us 
your music. Like we need uh, new music. If you want to be featured um, on our episode at the end of our episode, we always play um, new music. And our email is group chat the podcast nineteen yep. at gmail.com. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next episode. Thank you so much, Zane. I had an amazing time. It was so great. Yes, we love you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.